As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. the Inspired Parenting Radio Show with host Sandy Sedgebeer, where our mission is to inspire conscious parents, families, and educators by bringing you the latest research and thinking on supporting today's highly evolved children to fulfill their potential as healthy, confident, resourceful, and emotionally intelligent individuals. Hello, I'm Sandy Sedgbeer, and you're listening to the Inspired Parenting Radio Show. Back in 2005, the statistics for the diagnosis of autism in children in the USA was around 1 in 250. Today, that figure has risen to 1 in 46 children being diagnosed as ASD, or to use the official term with autism spectrum disorder, a term which also encompasses Asperger's syndrome, sensory processing disorder and many other variations. Many parents or family members faced with the diagnosis of Asperger's syndrome feel overwhelmed, unsure of what to do next, afraid for their child and how they're going to make their way in a hostile world that has little understanding of how individuals with Asperger's perceive, think and process information. How does a child or adult with Asperger's syndrome experience the world? What do they need? How can we ensure that they succeed behaviorally, socially, and cognitively? My guest today is well qualified to provide answers to many of these questions and more. William Stillman is the award-winning author of many special needs parenting books, including the Autism Answer Book, The Everything Parents Guide to Children with Asperger's Syndrome, and his newest book, The Conscious Parents Guide to Asperger's Syndrome, A Mindful Approach for Helping Your Child Succeed. William has a bachelor's degree in education and is one of the autism authorities at sharecare.com, an online health and wellness platform created by Dr. Oz, Harpo Productions and Discovery Communications. William presents autism workshops and consultant services for parents and special education professionals across the country and is a nationally acclaimed speaker on Asperger's syndrome. William Stillman, welcome to the Inspired Parenting Radio Show. Hello, Sandy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be in contact with you. We have a bit of a history together, don't we? We certainly do. It goes all the way back to about 2004 or five, I believe. Yes. <laughs> when you had your children of the new earth 
magazine and I wrote a column for you. And a very popular column it was too, and that's when you started publishing your books as well. Yes, it was around that same time, you're right. Yeah, and, and I think it, I had a I had a book a year come out for a while there. You did, <laughs> and now ten books later, we've got the Conscious Parents Guide to Asperger's Syndrome. Tell me, William, um, you know, you let's talk about your own experience because you have a mild form of Asperger's. What does this mean? What was life like for you growing up, and how and why did you first get diagnosed? It was really challenging for me as a kid because, uh, you know, I'm in my 50s, so at that time, there was no such thing as Asperger's or at least not that anyone was actively exploring as a legitimate diagnosis. And so all I knew was that I was weird or <laughs> um, antisocial, moody and irritable, hypersensitive, um, cold, arrogant, and aloof and gifted, these are all words that people used to describe me during the time that I was growing up. And, you know, it, it, it wasn't as apparent to me until I was on the precipice of adolescence, so probably, you know, about 11 or 12 heading into teenage years, when it became obvious that I was odd man out. I had difficulty connecting with my same age peers. I was not interested in the things that they were. I was drawn more to uh, adult topics or very idiosyncratic topics. And as a result of that, I identified more with adults. And in the times that I played with other children, it was oftentimes children much younger than I was because then I could be the director in charge and control them, and they would do what I told them to, so it was great. <laughs> but uh, among my same age peers, I was definitely odd man out, and I really descended into a very challenging period in my life. It was a good um, seven to eight years in which I was on virtually a daily basis verbally abused and physically harassed, and my speech and body language were publicly mocked and mimicked, and so I was humiliated in front of cafeteria staff and school bus drivers and teachers who did nothing to intervene. And so I developed post-traumatic stress disorder um, largely around school and attending school. And I also developed a depression that was so severe that at one point when I was 16, I came very close to taking my own life. And so it wasn't until uh, I was in my early 30s, so about 20 years ago, when I was working for a government agency and we began to explore serving families of children diagnosed with autism. And I began meeting people with autism and befriending them. And I knew that I wasn't autistic, but the more I learned about autism, the more I understood that I had a whole lot in common with my friends. And one of them, uh, a young woman said, do you know anything about Asperger's syndrome? Have you heard about it? And I hadn't. And when I researched it and looked at the 
symptoms, it made total and complete sense of my childhood. And I realized that it was not my fault. It has a name and I was not alone. Did that come as a big relief to you? It was a mixed bag. It was in part a relief and yet it was also kind of scary because it meant confronting the specter of the label and do I run like heck in the other direction because I wanted to be perceived as normal and to be accepted as such or do I approach it and extend an olive branch and make peace with it which is eventually what I did. And how hard was it to do that? It was a coming out process in the same way that I'm sure people who are uh, gay experience sort of a coming coming to terms process with themselves and then communicating that with people closest to them. Very, very similar, in my opinion. And today, you know, the diagnosis of Asperger's is becoming very, very common. Um, what I've noticed over the past, you know, I have an 11-year-old grandson. took nine years to get him diagnosed. But today, his school are catching children, you know, as they go into kindergarten. <clears throat> and um, they're very quick to offer whatever help that they can or is, is on offer. Um, how does it make you feel when you see what's happening today? I mean, do you feel encouraged that more and more children, that we have more knowledge, more children are being um, uh, diagnosed at an earlier age and getting the help they need so they don't have to go what you went through? Yeah, I have very mixed feelings about what I'm seeing today. On one hand, I think it's uh, wonderful that we are identifying uh, young people on the autism spectrum earlier and earlier and getting them resources and getting their families the supports that they require to feel empowered to parent um, and not be blaming themselves or blaming the child. But on the other hand, I also see a lot of um, prejudice, um, rejection, and disrespect as well. And so I still think we have a long way to go. I've been making the same autism presentation without changing a word of it for 20 years and people are still finding it to be uh, revealing and to be filled with very novel concepts which is a bit disheartening to me after 20 years. I can imagine. Why are people so afraid of these diagnoses? Because we fall victim to a culture of fear. And the culture of fear suggests that it is acceptable for us to adopt a position of superiority to talk about us and them. But the culture of fear is really not a fear of our differences. It's a fear of confronting our mutual similarities. No one wants to do that because then that means confessing that we may really be more alike than we are different and that you may, in fact, possess some peculiarities or some eccentricities that make you similar in some respects to the person with autism. But that's exactly what we should be embracing because that grants us some common ground. 
Well, you know, we're learning so much today about neuroscience, neurodiversity, and the more I study and learn about this, the more I think, you know, it really is time to do away with these labels because we are talking about diversity here. That's all. Exactly. We are all on a learning curve and we are all at various points on a spectrum. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that this is something that we all need to embrace in the same way that, you know, some people have very mild OCD symptoms or something and wouldn't necessarily call themselves uh, obsessive compulsive. But we all have little bits of everything. (laughs) Correct. It's actually something that I incorporate into my presentations. Mm. Well, You're listening to the Inspired Parenting Radio Show. I'm Sandy Sedgbeer, and I'm speaking with author and speaker William Stillman about his book, The Conscious Parent's Guide to Asperger's Syndrome. After the break, we will explore some of the stresses and triggers that can lead to sensory overload in children, as well as how to lower stress levels for the entire family and the siblings. We'll be back in a few moments. Don't go away. This is OTRFM, part of the IOM Radio Network. Have you ever wondered how to change your love paradigm? The secret key is finding a love partnership, not just a regular connection. How do you find these? Through conscious relationships. Ascending Hearts Dating is a dating site for people like you that believes in second chances and a different type of spiritual connection. Try Ascending Hearts for free today at AscendingHearts.com and change your love paradigm. Ascending Hearts, the premier dating community for the spiritually awake. Hi, I'm Dr. Shafali, the author of The Conscious Parent. Every parent I know wants to become more conscious and present in their relationship with their children. If you are a parent who wants to transform their relationship with their children, then you are going to want to come to this wonderful, transformational, intensive weekend I have put together in Long Beach, California on December 4th, through the 6th. Hop onto my website at drshafali.com and find all the information to register there. Hope to see you there. It's going to be a phenomenal weekend. Hello, I'm Miriam Knight of New Consciousness Review, inviting you to my new show where I interview the rising stars of the conscious awakening. We'll explore the many faces of consciousness and action and intriguing perspectives on life, the universe, and everything in between. Join us each Wednesday at... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 2 p.m. Eastern on the Rising Stars Show. Circle of Hearts Radio is a sanctuary on the airwaves. Join me, Grandmother Aliyah, in the circle on Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, as I share information to both enlighten and nourish your soul. This is OTRFM, part of the IOM Radio Network. Welcome back to the Inspired Parenting Radio Show. I'm Sandy Sedgbeer, and I'm speaking with author and speaker William Stillman about his book, The Conscious Parent's Guide to Asperger's Syndrome. William, how does someone with Asperger's view the world? I mean, we must seem just as strange to them as they seem to us. I think that people can be very confusing in general. I say what I mean, and I mean what I say, and I do what I say I'm going to do when I say I'm going to do it. Most people don't. (laughs) And so um, that's very, very challenging for me to uh, understand and not feel slighted or have my feelings hurt when people say things like, um, let's do lunch soon, or I'll call you next week, and it never happens. (laughs) It's taken me a long time to cut people slack without holding grudges. Um, I think also the average person doesn't fully understand how much they naturally filter out and how very loud um, they can be and how intense their energy can be. People uh, with Asperger's syndrome and also I think in general on the autism spectrum, in my opinion, we simply want homeostasis. We want for everyone to get along. We want for peace, serenity, and tranquility. And when that doesn't happen, um, it can affect our mood, uh, particularly if, say, within a household someone swears or curses or Uh, someone else is having an argument, it affects us every bit as much as if it were directed at us. You know, what you're describing to me doesn't sound at all like a disorder. If we go back in history to a time when people had integrity and honor and honesty, 
<laughs> and it was important to keep your word. I mean, these were all wonderful characteristics. And today we live in a society where people pay, you know, so little attention to these important things. And yet you're saying they are important to you, which is how they should be. They are important. I, you know, I, it is important for someone to honor their word. I think um, good manners and social etiquette is important. And those are things that I value and I, I demonstrate them or I make every effort to demonstrate them. And when that's not reciprocated because people have become careless or unconcerned or people are so highly distracted these days by uh, the little cell phone that they're holding in their hand, which I don't use, um, then it becomes very disconcerting. Uh, when people seem to be very indifferent and insensitive. Interesting, isn't it? Because they say, you know, there there are all of these um, ideas around autism and Asperger's, like, you know, you're more interested in machines than you are in people, and yet look at the rest of the world. I mean, everybody yeah, I mean, is tied to their phone. <laughs> <laughs> we're accused of, quote, unquote, being in our own little world. Well, heck, I can be sitting in an airport and no one's talking to one another because everybody's staring at this little box in their hand um, and they're self-isolating. And I'm thinking, well, this isn't so different from what people on the autism spectrum are accused of doing every day. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of mirroring going on here. And, and look how many people are talking on their cell phone as if they are in a room by themselves. We have to listen to so many personal conversations <laughs> That we don't want. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Who's the strange ones here? Tell us about some of the um, the triggers because I notice, you know, with my own grandson that some things can just send him ballistic and I don't understand why. His sister doesn't understand why. And yet clearly he's, he can get very upset very easily about things. What is yeah, there's, a couple, there's a couple of things that come to mind. The first is that I think sometimes people who are, quote, average or neurotypical have the presumption that people with autism or Asperger's have automatically by osmosis absorbed things that we should know socially automatically, and that's not always the case. And so there are things that sometimes people do and say that are very confusing to us because it sounds contradictory according to our logic. Uh, and so if it seems irrational to us and someone's being insistent, I could see how that could raise someone's ire and that there would be a debate that would ensue uh, uh, as to you know um, one person's perception versus another's perspective. So that's one thing to consider. Um, the other thing is that we tend to be hypersensitive as it pertains to our entire nervous system. My senses and emotions are buzzing and vibrating at a frequency much higher than the average person. And so, as I said a few moments ago, the average person tends to filter out a lot of things that I don't because I'm like a sponge or a magnet all day. I'm absorbing details and minute distractions and sounds and scents and aromas 
And so by the end of the day, uh, you know, I'm exhausted and ready for bed at eight o'clock. Mm. And sleep. And I think the the average person just doesn't doesn't consider that. No, and sleep is is often considered to be a challenge for kids that are on the spectrum or Asperger's that, um, you know, they find it difficult to sleep. And if they do find it difficult to sleep, then, of course, they're going to be that much more sensitive during the daytime because they're tired on top of everything else. Yes, well, I'm. You can't see me, but I'm raising my hand too. So it's not just kids, but it's the adults because <laughs> I don't sleep very well at all, and I never have. I think some of it has to do with um, hypervigilance and being very alert and guarded, uh, and that stems from anxiety. You know, I've noticed with my grandson that he is a great noticer. He seems to just take in the world to a much um, finer degree than other people. And it's not that he's, you know, a savant or anything, but he can tell me things I miss so much. As you say, we filter out. And I think that, um, you know, a lot of the children don't. They're so aware of everything that's going on around them. Yes, we are the detail people. There is very, very little that escapes my attention And there are things that are perhaps considered odd or peculiar that I have retained in memory pertaining to details. Sometimes people are very surprised at the things that I remember. Um, For example, someone that I met um, a decade ago, and I saw them again recently, and I said, oh, how are your two dogs? And I uh, said their names. And this person was shocked that I would remember them when I only met them once. Mm. So tell me, what is, what is one of the, well, more than one, if we have time, the best things we can do to help somebody with Asperger's or on the spectrum? You know, what comes first? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is use the label of the diagnosis in name only to get you what you need in order to be the best possible support and resource to your child. And then the rest of the time set it aside so that it does not become what defines that person's identity. What else? I think knowledge is power. And Mm -hmm. I think that Uh, someone who has been diagnosed is entitled to know that their way of being has a name, that they have gifts and talents, because I I think what we don't want to have happen is to set up um, the downward spiral of a vicious cycle by people doing a lot of venting and complaining about the diagnosis or the challenges of parenting someone who has a very unique way of being in the world. And so we need to create balance there and we need to identify gifts and talents and what it is that that person has to offer not only the family, but their community and the world at large. You know, you're so right because we do, we talked earlier before the break about neurodiversity and how, you know, we need everybody and not everybody wants to take on the detailed job or not everyone wants to be the inventor. Um, 
we see that uh, Silicon Valley, there's a, you know, a really high proportion of people on the spectrum there. Some of the great creators and scientists have been autistic or Asperger's. We need these people as, you know, part of our uh, creative um, evolution as a society. So why would we, why would we treat them as something odd? Right. Uh, we do tend to be uh, uh, thinkers of a different um, plateau, so to speak, because we have a, an alternate perspective and a unique logic. And I think that comes in handy when we're talking about uh, problem solving various things. And, and I think that uh, you're quite right that some of our greatest thinkers and our um, greatest visionaries have been um, undiagnosed, but on the autism spectrum. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, siblings is a difficult one. I noticed with my grandson that his sister, who's four years younger than him, um, you know, there's been a lot of attention on him and his needs. And uh, he can be volatile and she's learning to hit back. He can be very bossy and always want to direct the games. And it is yeah. creating <laughs> arguments. What advice would you give to a parent who has two children and, you know, the sibling is uh, struggling? Yes, I was absolutely the same way. I was the oldest of four boys and um, I, I was very controlling, I think, um, and, you know, obviously there needs to be household rules for everyone uh, and that uh, everyone needs to have input into what they're going to look like. And I think that, quite frankly, everyone needs to literally sign off on them. Um, those should be posted so that we can refer to them and that there needs to be fair and reasonable discipline to follow when those rules are broken, because there are certain things that are simply not acceptable in the household and I think sometimes parents kind of do this by the seat of their pants. They do indeed. You're listening to the Inspired Parenting Radio Show. I'm Sandy Sedgbeer and I'm speaking with William Stillman, author of 10 books about autism and special needs. After the break, we're going to open up another aspect to this conversation. So do stay tuned. This is OTRFM, part of the IOM Radio Network. The number one reason girls drop out of school in sub-Saharan Africa is lack of access to feminine hygiene products. The Pads for School Girls Project, an outreach of Humanity Healing International, is changing this paradigm by setting up sewing programs at schools, teaching girls a vocational skill, while producing the reusable pads that help keep them attending classes. The girls pay it forward by making and giving pad kits to other girls in need. To learn more, visit HumanityHealing.org. Humanity Healing is where your heart is. Hi, I'm Dr. Shafali, the author of The Conscious Parent. Every parent I know wants to become more conscious and present in their relationship with their children. If you are a parent who wants to transform their relationship with their children, then you are going to want to come to this wonderful transformational 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Intensive weekend I have put together in Long Beach, California on December 4th through the 6th. Hop onto my website at drshefali.com and find all the information to register there. Hope to see you there. It's going to be a phenomenal weekend. Join Elliot Jolish, the business therapist, each Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern for the Elliot Jolish Hour as he interviews business experts on your behalf. And you're invited to email your business questions to questions at ecjgroup.com for answers live on air every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Elliot Jolish Hour. Hi, this is Sylvia Henderson, intuitive life coach and energy healer. Are you ready to elevate and rise way above your normal? Be sure to listen to my show, Intuitive Transformations, on Own Times Radio, Sunday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern. Get the inspiration you need to transform your life. This is OTRFM, part of the IOM Radio Network. Dilma author of 10 books about autism and special needs, including The Conscious Parent's Guide to Asperger's Syndrome. William, I want to open up another aspect of the conversation. You wrote two books that looked at different, some may say higher, although I don't know whether higher is the correct word to use, aspects of autism. And they were titled The Soul of Autism and Autism and the God Connection. What do autism and Asperger's have to do with God? Well, I think that uh, the connection to God is certainly something that is not uh, special or unique to people with autism or Asperger's, but um, the books that you mentioned are actually part of a trilogy of books that explore spiritual giftedness in people on the autism spectrum, and that's not to suggest that those people are unique or special beyond anything that the average person can access spiritually, but that 
I postulate people who are inherently gentle and exquisitely sensitive are perhaps better predisposed to tap that aspect of their personhood for being so empathic and for being so sensitive. You know, it makes me wonder whether when we talk about autism, Asperger's syndrome, sensory processing disorder, and many of the other labels used to categorize non-neurotypical individuals, whether they're really disorders. I mean, we've been hearing for some years now that today's children are different than previous generations, and those differences are often summed up in a variety of phrases such as more connected, more energetically sensitive, brighter, sharper, smarter, more aware. Some people call them indigo kids, crystal children. What's, well, what... I think it's very, it's very interesting how, you know, at the top of the program, you cited uh, a statistic around the incidence of autism from, uh, what was it, about 10 years ago, and now mm-hmm. we are at 1 in 45 children mm-hmm. uh, here in the States. The, the statistic was just revised uh, last month, and I have seen it narrow dramatically over the years. And in 2008, I predicted that within the next five to 10 years, we'd see it jump to one in 10. So I think it's really curious when we think in terms of the potential for us to be evolving. And when we also consider that autism is four to five times more likely in males than in females, And uh, the male gender could certainly use some softening of aggression and this uh, drive to have power and this drive to be so competitive. So I think it's going to get really interesting at the rate we're going. Now, I mean, many people talk about uh, certainly Asperger's and autism as um, one of the characteristics lacking empathy, but the picture you're painting is of individuals who are incredibly sensitive and soft and caring. Yes, uh, so I think that there has been a misinterpretation about that lack of empathy. I think that in order to protect ourselves, we uh, set up walls or facades around us to insulate from the physical and emotional pain that can be inflicted on us on a daily basis because the world hurts, let's face it. Um, it is just almost um, unbearable to to watch the news anymore for being so overwhelmed and just so upset at wondering what is wrong with people um, that I can hardly bear it. I can, I, yeah, I can understand that. Absolutely. And, you know, to be so... Um, sensitive in other areas, you know, to walk through uh, a store and be assailed by all the scents in a department store, to walk through a mall, um, you know, and the noise. We live in such a noisy world today. Um, It occurred to me one day sitting in an airport, music was blasting, people were talking, people were on their phones. You know, 50 years ago, the world was so much quieter. I, I do wonder how much of this is something that is being, you know, is, is a kind of mirror to us to say, hey, look at what you're doing. Right. Um, and so I think that the world needs autism, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And that may be a very unpopular opinion or people listening may really think that's a radical concept. 
but I think that the that the world needs more people in it who are redirecting our attention to focus on what matters and what's important. Well, you know, years ago when I was producing Children of the New Earth magazine and people were talking about indigo kids and crystal children that were much more sensitive, some were psychic, um, definitely more connected, more aware. Uh, somebody interviewed me and asked me what I thought was going on. And I said, well, I, you know, I'm not qualified to, to comment on that. But wouldn't it be interesting if we considered that if God had a grand plan to make us all look at where we're headed and what we're doing, um, you know, the, the way to impact us and to show us is to put it right in our faces with our children. And, um, you know, the differences that we're seeing in our children, yes, we're seeing a higher incidence of diagnosis. At the same time, these kids, you know, we're seeing more and more kids that are psychic, that are sensitive. And I don't believe that that's an accident. I think the two go together. I think they do too, and I think it, it, it. You know, if you can follow that train of thought, I think it makes good sense to appreciate how those multi-sensory abilities come to those of us on the spectrum in a very natural and organic way, as simply a magnification of all of those uh, senses and those sensitivities that we've been talking about. I don't see it as supernatural. I see it as natural, at least for us um, and for everyone. I think everyone has the potential to tap into that aspect of their personhood, but that perhaps it comes a little bit more organically to those of us who are already attuned. And we hear, too, that, you know, um, technology has increased so much, particularly in the last few generations. I mean, from, you know, my son, when he was probably about 10 or 11, was getting the very, very first of a, you know, basic computer. And now today, you know, that is that is uh, progressed so much. I've heard that we are processing 10,000 years worth of information in 100 years these days. And that's only going to continue. So all of this um, influx of information technology, the things we're having to learn, is exactly the kind of thing that they say grows new neural pathways. And obviously, the more neural pathways we've got connected, I would think, the more access we have to higher functions. Yeah, you know, it's, it's really fascinating because I have found that those people who are most likely to be accessing their spiritual gifts and talents are the same individuals who, on the surface, appear to be the most severely impaired. Hmm. And it's for living in silence. I mean, we're talking about people who are not wired for speech or who have very limited verbal capacity. And so they exist in a state of solitude that becomes like a perpetual meditation. Well, think about who else spends that kind of time in solitude and is also spiritually attuned. The rabbi, the nun, the monk, the yogi, the guru, the priest. Mm -hmm. And yet those are adults who at some point in their lives, made a conscious and deliberate decision to enter into that way of being. And they spend 
absorbing amounts of time in states of solitude in order to connect and have a greater, stronger relationship with the source of our creation. Well, the person with autism is born into it naturally. They're already doing it. So they've already got the jump on all of these people of religious high standing. And if you're presuming the intellect of those individuals, despite their not being able to articulate speech, and we should be, then there is something really powerful going on there. Absolutely. I mean, years ago, it was, you know, centuries ago, it was very easy to become the hermit and to be considered, a, you know, and revered as a wise person. And given that the world is so crazy today, who can blame anyone for wanting to step back and not interact with the world and have solitude? Well, you know, we're, we're actually seeing that that desire to access solitude increasing with all of these yoga studios that are popping up and discussions about the importance of meditation and being conscious and mindful. So there is a shift in that direction, or at least it feels as though there are people who are becoming aware of the need to set aside that kind of time to sort of escape from the the craziness of the world. And so what we're seeing here is none of this is disconnected as people might think in the beginning. It is all totally connected. I would agree with that, yes. Yeah. Wow. A bigger picture emerging for certain. Yes, and you know, another curious thing, Sandy, is that as as devastating as it may be to receive the diagnosis of autism and how that may shatter the the hopes and dreams that you may have had for who your child will become. I have had so many parents come to me to say, I am a, I am a better person than I thought I would have been for parenting this child or autism made me grow up. Well, you know, I heard so many times when I was producing Children of the New Earth magazine, people would write to me, uh, grandparents usually, and say, I never would have believed this spiritual stuff if I didn't have a child that was so different that I had to expand my awareness of everything in order to understand them and meet them where they're at. Same thing with autism. Yes, and so there's purpose to it all. Absolutely, there is. You're listening to the Inspired Parenting Radio Show. I'm Sandy Sedgbeer, and I'm speaking with author William Stillman, award-winning author of many special needs parenting books. We'll be back in a few moments after the commercial break. Don't go away. You're listening to OTRFM, part of the IOM Radio Network. OM Times Magazine is. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. One of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization. Their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Om Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. Hi, I'm Dr. Shafali, the author of The Conscious Parent. Every parent I know wants to become more conscious and present in their relationship with their children. If you are a parent who wants to transform their relationship with their children, then you are going to want to come to this wonderful, transformational, intensive weekend I have put together in Long Beach, California on December 4th through the 6th. Hop onto my website at drshefali.com and find all the information to register there. Hope to see you there. It's going to be a phenomenal weekend. want to be a better communicator? Do you want to better connect with the important people in your life? Do you want to enrich your relationships? If so, join me, Matthew Cooper, on the Positive Control System show every Wednesday evening at 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Ohm Times Radio. I'll meet you there. This is Terry Van Horn, and I want to invite you to join me for my weekly radio show, Hailing Light, on Ohm Times Radio, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On Hailing Light, we want to bring love, light, and blessings into your world. You can find out more about us at www.healinglightonline.com. Blessings. You're listening to OTRFM, part of the IOM Radio Network. Back, I'm Sandy Sedgbeer, and you're listening to the Inspired Parenting Show. My guest is William Stillman, internationally renowned author of the book The Conscious Parent's Guide to Asperger's Syndrome, as well as many other books for special needs. William, in this last segment, I want to draw the, together the various strands we've been discussing because, as we alluded before the break, you know, it's all connected. So let's just start by discussing some of the practical suggestions, tips that you offer in your book um, to help conscious parents create a calm and mindful atmosphere for their children and the whole family while helping the Asperger's child succeed and thrive. And then we'll start talking about some of the new work you're doing, the psychic work, etc. 
Yes. Uh, we've sort of been building up to all of this throughout the entire program, I think. Um, one of the things that I think that it would be very helpful for folks to understand is that I think and learn differently from the average person because I think in pictures and movies, constant streams of visual imagery. And so I guarantee I will fail if I am given multi-part verbal instruction because you might get to step three or four and I'm still on step one trying to make a picture that correlates to what I think you're talking about. This is why I think I was a poor student because so much of education and instruction is didactic or, or verbal. And the verbal dissipates into thin air right after you say it. It doesn't hang there. It doesn't linger. I can't go back and refer to it. And so people have experienced this themselves if they've ever been lost while out driving and they stop to ask a stranger for directions and they pull away and realize they can't remember most of what that person just said. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so if, if they can relate to that, then they can relate to what I'm saying. And so I'm very encouraging of reinforcing whatever it is that you really want to stick with me using uh, visuals of some sort to, to back it up. So that's one tip that I think uh, is going to be very useful, very helpful to uh, allay any misunderstandings that might arise. I have heard this, you know, the way our system in schools, uh, they hear everything, but those kids, they have to, uh, you know, they've got to convert it into a picture before they can really take it in, and that takes time. Yeah, here's a good rule of thumb for folks to remember. Um, it's a saying that I like to use. I hear and I forget. I see and I know. I do and I understand. Say that again for me. I hear and I forget. Mm -hmm. I see and I know. I do and I understand. Okay. And I was just converting that into pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I'm going to be best able to retain important information or meaningful information if I'm given the opportunity to see it, engage with it, and create something, hopefully in, in the context of a respectful, um, mutually satisfying relationship. So it's pleasurable. That's the stuff I'm going to retain years from now and remember. Yeah, yeah. Tell us how, I mean, have you always been aware of your psychic ability? I don't think in a way that I would call it psychic. I kind of came into it through the back door because I was an intensely sensitive little boy, and I think probably the earliest memory I have of that is sitting in a church pew and just sobbing hysterically and not being able to control that. And my parents eventually picked me up and carried me out. I, I never told anybody what that was about, but I had been staring at a stained glass window of the crucifixion, and I was grieving. Um, and then during the, the time period that I spoke about earlier where I descended into that very dark seven to eight years of just constant depression and harassment, um, there was some very negative, ill-intended energies that made themselves known to me loud and clear. 
And so I was blocked up for a long time, I mean decades, and I think I began to reflect back what was being projected upon me. There was a lot of very strange, um, nasty stuff around me, and uh, it wasn't until, again, as sort of this coming out process, I decided I also wanted to reclaim that very sensitive little boy that had grieved for, for Christ in that church pew all those years ago. And I, I really entered into a process by which I opened myself back up again. And once I did that, it came flooding back. Uh, everything shot through the roof. I reclaimed those gifts and talents that had been dormant. And um, it just, yeah, I made up for lost time in about three months. Where on earth did you find the fortitude during those eight years or so to keep going? You know, uh, in my darkest moment where I was home alone, uh, my family was out, um, I did not want to go along on the trip, and I was sitting there with my father's old straight razor, um, and I was contemplating slashing my wrists. Um, I was without support. Um, I lived in a family that was oblivious to the obvious, in my opinion. But uh, I, I was investing time in thinking what this would be like, what this would feel like to, to take my life. And I heard something inside me say, no, no, don't do this thing. One day people will know who you are for what it is that you have to offer them. And at that moment, I had absolutely no clue of what that meant <laughs> or what that would even look like. But, uh, of course, I understand fully what that means now. And so uh, somehow I hung in there and made it through. Um, things eventually got better. And I uh, am so grateful, so blessed uh, that I did not follow through with that action at that time because there's so much I would have missed out on. What is life like for you now? Life is great. Love is a, life is amazing, um, and it keeps getting better for me. I actually walked away from my full-time job 15 years ago on the strength of a very powerful dream. You want to talk about being psychic? I had a dream where I was awakened in the middle of the night with electricity running up and down my body, and I have never experienced that before or since. But I was given a very clear message that I could give notice at work the next day, and I did. I gave up everything without anything else lined up to go to, uh, which in hindsight was extraordinarily risky. But uh, it's been an amazing ride. Um, I have a very strong relationship with, with God, um, and I love what I do. So it has been truly extraordinary, and I am blessed and privileged. So what did you do practically? What did you do when you gave up that job? I mean, how did you survive? How did you then transition to this place, you know, where you're you know, doing I, work you love? I began to pray every day. Um, I began to express gratitude for the things that I did have instead of praying for what I thought I wanted. I began to devour everything I could get my hands on about spiritual sensitivity. And I began setting intentions for what I wanted to manifest. And it, it came. Um, it came is the only thing I can say. Uh, um, it, it made itself known to me loud and clear, and I have been able to sustain. Um, and it's just been amazing, truly extraordinary. Tell us about the work you're doing now. 
I, after almost 30 years working in the field of serving folks with uh, developmental differences, I'm in the process of transitioning. And it is, again, a very natural and logical transition for me where I am building upon those spiritual gifts and talents, and I am doing work um, increasingly as a psychic, um, tapping into that intuitive aspect of my personhood that we all have. Um, the accuracy rate continues to skyrocket in what it is that I'm blessed to do, and I'm loving every moment of it. And It's just been a truly extraordinary ride, so I feel as though I've arrived at the, the next plateau, so to speak, uh, of the, ne the new chapter in my life. And the people who seek you out, are they coming to you um, because they have a child or, you know, does it involve autism or Asperger's or is it people, you know, all kinds? It is all kinds of people um, and it is not, by and large, it is not people who are parents of someone on the autism spectrum. Occasionally, I will get a client who I um, suspect is undiagnosed on the autism spectrum, and I very gently help them to consider uh, that their way of being is um, something that uh, has a community around it that might uh, allow them to feel uh, much more positive about the direction their life is headed. Wow. And um, are you speaking? Are you teaching? Are you leading seminars? Yes, all of the above. And I, I want to do more of it. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find you, William? People can find me at my website, which is williamstillman.com. And my last name is S-T-I-L-L-M-A-N. Wow. And I know that there are a number of... Um, you, videos of you on YouTube so people can check you out and feel you for themselves. Yes, indeed. Um, Sandy, it has been such a delight and a pleasure to reconnect with you, and I'm so thrilled to have been a guest on your program, and I want to thank you from my heart for giving me this forum. William, I want to thank you for being you, for staying with it, and for giving us so much insight. My thought off to you. That's all we have time for now. Before we close the show, Inspired Parenting has a gift for you and your friends. In the spirit of gracious gift giving and the holiday season, we're gifting you with a 14-day all-access pass to all of Inspired Parenting's premium online content. No catch, no gimmick, no obligation. Go to the Inspired Parenting website, inspiredparenting.com. Check out the store. You will find a free 14-day all-access pass all the premium content. I'm Sandy Sedgbeer. Thanks for being with me today. I look forward to being with you at the same time next week. Until then, it's bye for me. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.